0: So good afternoon, ladies. I am Beth Saldana. I'm here together with T.P. and Karen. We will be giving you these doctrine classes. uh, This month of December, it's just one class, and this is this class. And the succeeding months will have it on the second second and third Thursdays of the month. So the supernatural faith, the topic of the third of our doctrine class, So, it includes the following. First, we have the notion of our faith. Second, the characteristics of our faith, that faith is a gift from God. Faith is a human act. So, the relationship between faith and freedom, relationship between faith and reason, and the ecclesiality of faith. Ecclesiality means pertaining to the church, to the believers. And the The sixth is faith is necessary for salvation. And then we also have the motives of credibility and the practice of our faith. Now, in his homily on life of faith, St. Josemaria, the founder of Opus Dei, posed this thought-provoking question. What sometimes hear it said that there are fewer miracles today. Might it not be that there are fewer people living a life of faith In other words, we progress to have faith, but do we really practice and live our faith in our everyday lives? Another way to put it, do we live according to the moral demands of our faith? The act of faith is man's response to God who reveals reveals himself. Supernatural faith consists in believing something simply because it has been revealed to us by God. By faith, we do not believe something merely because we understand it or because we have a convincing evidence of its truth, as in the case of matters of purely natural things. The mere fact that God says it is sufficient enough for us to completely submit our intellect and will to God. So what are the characteristics of our faith? So first, faith is a gift of God. It is a supernatural virtue infused by God into our soul. We also say it's a theological virtue. It brings us to know our Creator, not by human means or through the light of our reason alone, but by the natural gift of God, divine grace, which we receive in baptism. There are three theological virtues. We have faith, by which we believe in God, hope, by which we desire to live eternally with God, and charity by which we love God above all things, and thus loving our neighbors as ourselves. So the theological virtues are infused in our soul at baptism, but human virtues are acquired by human efforts. A man can be virtuous through his own willpower, effort, diligence, and constant practice. A series of good acts becomes a virtue. In the cause of sainthood, a person has to, be has to be investigated on how he lived a life of heroic virtues. Faith is a human act. Believing is authentically a human act. It is an act completely submitting our intellect and will to God. So faith and freedom. Man's response to God must be free. Therefore, nobody is to be forced to embrace the faith against his will. So there is this anecdote. A friend's daughter of mine got married to a non-believer. Now, during the engagement, her daughter's fiancé asked her and her husband if they want him to convert. Now, upon consulting three priests, Catholic priests, They answered him, only if you desire to be Catholic. So the act of faith is of its very nature a free act. Christ invited people to faith and conversion, but never coerced them. For he bore witness to the truth, but refused to use force to impose it to those who spoke against it. A Christian cannot temporize if he wants to be a true christian he must n- not entertain ideas or approaches which are not in keeping with the contents of revelation and with the teaching of the church faith and reason although faith is above reason yet there can never be a real disagreement between faith and reason since it is the same god who reveals mysteries and infuses faith and who has put the light of reason into the human act. So when reason reaches its limit, faith comes in. With our present situation that we are in, all there there is to do is to patiently trust in our Lord. The ecclesiality of faith pertaining to the church. To believe is an act of a believer and as a believer, that is a member of the church. And as members of the church, we believe all the truths taught by the church, which, gar- which the church guards the depository of Revelation. So we cannot be a supermarket Catholics, wherein we could only get things that would suit our lifestyle. It cannot be like that. We have to encompass everything, the truths of the Catholic church. So it's the church who is in charge of guarding the depository of Revelation, the magisterium, the sacred tradition, and the sacred scriptures. Now, the church faith precedes and dangers, give rise, supports, and nourishes our faith. The church is the mother of all believers. No one can have God as his father who does not have the church as his mother. Faith is necessary for salvation. With faith, we are humbled, we become submissive, and we have unlimited confidence in God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What about those who do not know, through no faults of theirs, can they be saved? Those who, through no faults of their own, do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God, with a sincere heart and moved by grace, try in their action to do his will as they know it through the dictates of their conscience. Those two may achieve eternal salvation. Like for example, in people in Bhutan, the only religion that is practiced there is Buddhist. So could they be, could they be saved? Yes, they could be saved. Motives of credibility. What do you mean by motives of credibility? It means, do, why do we believe that what the church teaches is true? There are three points. First, the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is a definitive sign of his divinity and most certain proof of the truth of his words. So the Catholic Church is the, would you believe, the world oldest continuously functioning international organization. And then religious founders like Confucius, Muhammad, Martin Luther, did they, did they rise from the dead? No. It's only Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. And also, wait, and also the miracles of Jesus and the saints. Like, for example, you know, this the turning of water into good wine, and then the holding of so much fish, different kinds of fishes, and our Lord commanding the storm to calm down. And also miracles of saints, like for example, St. José Maria Escriva, he became a saint because he was able to, through his inters- intercession, was able to, to cure Manuel Nevado with an incurable disease. And like for, another one is my favorite saint, actually the millennial saint, it's the miracle of blessed Carlo Cutis, another another, uh, no, serious birth defect that was healed because of his intercession. And also we have the fulfillment of some prophecies about Christ or Christ himself. Like for example, the seed of a woman from the Old Testament, which means the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ or Jesus' prophecy of destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. So the sublimity or the grandeur of Christian doctrine is also a proof of divine origin. Anyone who considers attentively the teachings of Christ can discover in their profound truth, beauty, and coherence, a wisdom which exceeds man's capacity to understand, explain God's nature, the world and man's transcendent meaning. There are so many converts to Catholicism and some of them is Dr. Scott Hahn, who is an American Catholic theologian. And because of studying the Catholic faith, he was a former Presbyterian. And also recently we uh, the, uh, the church canonized Saint Cardinal Henry Newman, who was a, 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 uh, an theologian and many others. So the sanctity and spread of the church, her fruitfulness and stability are the most certain signs of divine revelation. So this is the world percentage by religion. You could see no the Christians, 31%, Muslims, 24%, and the unaffiliated 16%, the Hindus 15.1%. So as I said earlier, the Christians are the highest uh Great percentage of the religion are Christians. World percentage adheres by religion. So the motives of credibility not only help those without faith to overcome their prejudices and accept it, but they also strengthen us, those who already have faith, by confirming that it is reasonable to believe. So what does faith oblige us to do? Faith obliges us to first to sincerely try to find out what God has revealed to us. The beauty of worshiping God by faith imposes upon us certain definite obligations, and we are obliged to find out what God has revealed. Particular truths will be helpful to man in fulfilling his purpose, which is to give glory to God through knowledge, love, and service to desire to know, love, and serve our Lord. This is why the study of Catholic religion is important. Every Christian need to continue reading and learning about God and the truths he has revealed all our lives. Recently, we have this Mariology, no? You will be so amazed that the Old Testament has been referring to Our Lady in all aspects. And it is only... All the things about Our Lady was consummated in the New Testament. So it's beautiful. We are also obliged to believe firmly what God has revealed. We believe, re, we believe revealed truths not because we accept the authority of God, not because we are convinced by the evidences, but because we accept the authority of God who can neither be. De- Deceived nor be deceived. We are also further obliged to profess our faith openly whenever necessary. We should never deny our faith because Jesus said, those who disown me in the presence of man, I will disown in the presence of my Father in heaven. So how does a Catholic sins against the faith? A Catholic Sins against faith by apostasy. So apostasy is a defection from the Catholic religion. An apostate is a baptized person who completely abandons the faith. Like for example, those who go to you know, you, uh, they go to a different religion. Causes of apostasy can be traced to laxity in the practice of the Catholic religion. Catholic religion and wise reading and intellectual pride and habitual sin. Now, what is heresy? Heresy is a refusal of baptized person to believe the one or more truths revealed by God and taught by the church, and that is the supermarket. Catholics, what is religious indifferentism? is a form of heresy that especially prevalent and particularly dangerous it teaches that all religions are equally good and equally pleasing to god the basic error of religious indifferentism assumes that there is no such thing as absolute truth that truth is whatever one wants to uphold or believe so by taking part in non catholic worship he professed belief in a religion he knows to be untrue. Now Catholics can be allowed to attend occasionally the liturgical services of other religious denominations due to public office or function or blood relationship or friendship and will not in any way partake in any rituals that are against win the Catholic faith. So how can we best guard our faith? Make frequent acts of faith. Jesus, increase my faith. Pray for a stronger faith. Study the Catholic religion very earnestly, which, as I told you, that we have this doctrine class every month, twice a month. Lead a righteous life. Exercise prudence in dealing with non-Catholic and avoid reading publications, watching programs or shows opposed to the church and her teachings. Mm